Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. The structures of our reality, or at least of matrix reality, is changing at the level of time and calendar. And, and, and that really is a clue as to the significance of, you know, <laughs> what's going on right now. Take a good look in their eyes. Take a good look in their eyes. in this flux right now of going into and this is objectively true of 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 what could be a completely different reality um and this is when we get into like that strange mystical sort of stuff of like you know you know how how different can it be and so um that's what i'm hoping that we can have like a lot of our conversation about signs going to the same conclusion and it's at the susquehanna river Quite possibly the oldest river on the planet. Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. As we speak, I am driving in my car, crossing over the Susquehanna River. Great conversation with Michael Wan, the Susquehanna River alchemist himself, right here. Susquehanna River. Have I said Susquehanna enough times? Go to SusquehannaAlchemy.com. The confines of the previous matrix system, and, and, and one of the most important ways of what that had been, had been timekeeping, calendars, and, and, and watches. Tick-tock goes a clock. Tick-tock, This is what happens. This is the greater reality. Like this is the joy of someone who's listening to this. You're, you're watching the magic unfold in the natural way, in the mystic. What other pieces of our greater reality are out there and we're experiencing that just haven't been named Water, water, symbolically, literally, is life. And the current is literally, symbolically, the force that moves life. The synchromysticism is being able to tap into the greater reality, but then to go look at the matrix reality which we find ourselves and then work our way through it. This is playing the glass bead game. And it is not, and how it's positioned in the book is like, this is a game which people play. It's not a game anymore. This is how we navigate. Today we have Michael Wan on the podcast. Mike, how are you? 
I am doing fantastic, and I am super excited to be here today on, what are we, are, is this March 2nd? It's March 2nd, and I'm it's feeling... March 2nd. So, so here's a little thing which I've been playing with, like, a lot, and, and, and someone, like, they introduced this idea to me, and as soon as I heard it, like, my mind was a bang, and it's like, that's the, that's, the, that's the truest thing I've ever heard. And they're, they're, they're calling this year one, or at least when, to me, I think it's going to be March, March... 15th that's when i believe like you know the the at least in this current moment we're going to be looking at when all of this began this is when the whole shift one year ago march 15th was when in the united states we we had our national emergency actually it was it was friday the 13th but the 13th was right is right before the 15th and the 15th is the ides of march so i've been thinking a lot about like calendars i've been thinking about like time and like all of that sort of stuff so like you know, and, and how weird time has become over the past year since all of us have gotten out of like our normal schedules, like, you know, like the weekend isn't what the weekend used to be. And so time is at play or, or more specifically our relationship to the old time, uh, timekeeping mechanism is at play. And I don't necessarily have at any point or I, at this moment, I don't have like a, well, this means this or this means that as much as like there's a real awareness, like, you know, the structures of our reality or at least of matrix reality is changing at the level of time and calendar. And, and, and that really is a clue as to the significance of, you know, <laughs> what's going on right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, this feeling in the air has intensified. And I completely resonate with this shift. If we're entering into a new world, I'm with it, man, because my whole job has been flipped upside down. And now I'm working from home, I used to be a delivery guy running around the clock, you know, that's as to the clock as you can be from a job, you know, point by point. And just like you said it, there has been in the way I describe it is a slowing down and a speeding up at the same time. Because like, I was just having dinner with some family a few days ago. And my cousin, who's a lawyer, you know, very much mainstream in the mainstream mindset. He's like, 2020 was such a blur. And he said it like a couple times throughout the dinner. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, was it a blur because you did less critical thinking than ever before? <laughs> or was it a blur? You know, like, what, what was the scenario? And I was kind of analyzing this as the dinner went on, like, it, it was just so overwhelming, you know, this kind of uh, mass media messaging campaign of doom and gloom like never before. I think a lot of people just kind of either shut it out or found a way to deal with it, I guess. I don't know. I shut it out, so I can't really well, speak well, to who's dealing with it. Well, undoubtedly, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. And I would, and you know, I don't know your cousin, but, but, you know, this is what's <laughs> happening to, 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 to folks. And this is just like how like normal consciousness works and particularly uh, how our consciousness has been shaped. You know, if you grew up in the society, your consciousness has been shaped, you know, you're whatever society you, you grow up in, that's how your consciousness is shaped. It's malleable. And, uh, 
part of our experience, you know, growing up in, in, in the world is like, we have markers. Like that's the whole thing with the weekend. That's the whole thing. It's like, you can, you have a marker. You're like, Oh, okay. Now's the weekend. And now it's like, there's this. And it's like, you're able to recognize this is when I go on vacation. And this is when I have this holiday and you have markers, but this past year, like most of the markers went away. Most of the markers went away. And so like this part of your brain, which is, which, which has these markers where you put chunks of your life experiences in time like when that goes away it becomes a blur and if you don't have like your own like i mean there's all sorts of things there's not like a right way or a wrong way it's just understanding how how like you work uh like if you probably kept a journal or if you became aware anything like that you probably have like markers and, and the year is a little bit easier to say like no it's not it's not a blur um so so there there's that and i see that and i and this isn't unique to this time uh my parents live in one of the largest retirement communities on the planet. In fact, I think it is the largest retirement community. They just made a movie about it. Uh, what's his name? Darren Air. I, I, he did Pi and all this other stuff. I can't think of his name, but it's about the villages. And the villages, and I've talked about this a lot. It, it's in Florida. It's the strangest friggin' thing in the world. It's like uh, uh, all they use Disney consultants to lay out this place. And just as Disney is this this alternate reality, the entire villages is the alternate reality. And like it's appearingly like this this wonderful place to live. You know, it's this golf cart community, all this sort of stuff. But here's the truth of the matter: you are completely taken out of time and space you're taken out of your family you don't have any of these markers every day is a weekend and like no one knows what's going on and they go into like like quite literally they go into la la land and so that that's the same thing which is happening um now uh what i will say is this and this is what i think is really important um the the, the two points um what the future holds, what the future holds at this moment, you know, this moment in time where we are conscious, you know, is unknown. It is friggin' unknown. It is unknown. It's theoretically always unknown, but we got to be clear with that. We know it's unknown, and we know that the structure of matrix reality is changing. There's a changing of the guard. Like, there's there's been a lead up to this for quite some period of time, but we're in this period right now where it's like the shift is happening, like the big shift. So that is a fundamental truth. That's an objective truth. Reality will never be what it is, what it was before. Um, what it will be, we don't know. What is evident is the storyline or the reality which has been um, laid out before the masses, the masses. Um, but then there's also an unknown. Um, for those of us who are able to see that and sense that, and then for those of us who are able to see like, well, what is being laid out is not necessarily what I'm interested in moving into. There is an even greater unknown. And we are also like an objective truth is we have been freed from from a lot of the the confines of the previous matrix system. And, and, and one of the most important ways of what that had been had been timekeeping calendars and, and, and watches and all this stuff. And, and granted, like that, that's that serves a purpose. It primarily serves a purpose in matrix reality. Um, but but nonetheless, but those are disappearing. And so we are in this flux right now of going into and this 
this is objectively true of 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 what could be a completely different reality. Um, and this is when we get into like that strange mystical sort of stuff of like you know well you know how how different can it be? And so um, that's what I'm hoping that we can have like a lot of our conversation about is 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 mostly is consciousness is consciousness and how that plays into this particular time and how we can use that as part of our um, as part of our our ways of navigating this unknown. Um, there are two more things I want to share before before I lose before I lose my train of thought, and then I want to uh, allow you to return uh, or, or to to reflect back. So, um, so the, the the first thing is um, that the, uh, the though we are losing though we're we're losing like this calendar timing mechanism, there are other more fundamental, though, though more, more um, etheric markers of time. And you and I talked a little bit about this before we started recording. And, and what that is, is, um, you know, how things line up more so about timing and less about time itself, like when two things happen relative to each other, and even more specifically, when they happen um, at the same time, like that's the timing. And so you and I were saying, like, we had all of these, like, like bumps and bumps along the road before we were able to have this conversation. We're like, well, obviously the time is right. And like, we kind of like joked about that. We joked about that coming into it, but here's the thing. And here's the kicker. And as we begin to re 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 reestablish, this is our calendar system, our, our marking system is we're going to begin to see there are all of these other clues as to, okay, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. I don't know who, where I'm going to be tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going to be in an hour, but right now this is where I'm going to be and you know this this is synchronicity like people have been talking about synchronicity since since they introduced the concept you know in the 50s since young came up with the concept so this is the synchronicity i want to go and tell all of the listeners and so what what i learned from you mark is that that this is a this is a podcast that has um uh folks that have um a that only hear it audit uh with the the vocals auditorily i guess and then there are some folks who are on your patron accounts who get to see the visuals so this is going to be a real treat for the visual folks so we had that conversation about okay now's the time and we're meeting right now and all that sort of good stuff and then you go and you show me this cool little gift and i was like wow well if you're showing gifts let me show you something and i showed you um something which which i made many years ago and it's a it's it's a very very uh powerful you know wand for lack of a better word like i made it i know what the components are i know why i made it in terms of like or how i made it like what i was consciously doing but to be 100 transparent i don't know what i was making it for i just knew everything in my human body said now's the time to make it like it wasn't like i was compelled and like everything has to go i was just like now's the time to make this so i showed it to you and i'm bringing this up on the camera right now and i've made quite a few things and and you know i'm, I'm not i you know i call things as they are I'm, I'm quite good at making things and this this wand is uh the the most unique qualities are uh these 
Peruvian artifacts on it, this stone right here, which was a gift to me. And it's the centerpiece of, of the, um, it's the centerpiece of the, of the wand. And the remainder of the wand are broken pieces of oyster shell, which, which came from, uh, if you're familiar with, with any of the mid-Atlantic beaches, it came from Assateague Island. And I applied it on. And then on the tip here, this is a fossil shell from a snail. And I've got like a, a, a Peruvian, um, a pattern, which I got from a, um, from a textile and there's copper and all this sort of stuff. And I showed it to you and I was like, you know, I was super psyched to show that to you because like, you know, you showed me your thing. I was like, this is, this is, and I'll take even a step back. I said, I don't know what to use this for. I'm beginning to get the internal sense that this is to be used at this time and in, in, in Mike's life and what I'm stepping into now is the time that I bring this out. And so this is the first time I brought this to a call. And so this is what's going on in my own personal world. I'm doing that. I show you this, all of the thing. And then you're like, oh dude, let me go show you my wand. And you showed me a friggin' mirrored, a perfect mirrored version of it. Like, yeah, I made this years ago. You got a stone, like the centerpiece of yours is a stone in the exact same place. Everything is like, it's like, whereas I have this, this comes from the sea, the butt of my wand. You have a, um, you have the feathers and, and definitely put it up on the camera right now. And then on the other end, I, I hope, you know, I, 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 if you want to keep it secret, keep it secret. I don't mean to force you into it. No, and then on nice. the other end where I have this amethyst point, you have an arrowhead. And like when you begin to, and, and the reason I'm sharing this story, I'm sharing the story for two reasons. One is like the immediate, like this is frigging cool. Uh, and like for people to look at this, but I also want to do, and, and why I share so many of my personal stories when I go on to a lot of these shows is as a demonstration of where we're going. Like this isn't unique to me. This isn't unique to you. This is how the greater reality works. And as the calendar system begins to fall, as the systems begin to fall, as the ideas of how we were meant to live our lives become crumbled down what's going to happen is they're like oh that doesn't work anymore but we got this new thing for you we're going to give you this you just come do this i know all of that like you planned for that's gone now but here we've got this and if you are not if you're not questioning you're just going to go along with it you're like okay well that's gone now i'll go right here this is pied piper stuff but if you recognize inside like well maybe that's not what i want to do maybe there's another i'm going to have to navigate this reality I'm going to have to navigate this time in a way which I have never, uh, uh, with skills which I've not really needed to depend upon. Like they've always been there. Synchronicity has always been part of our lives, but that was the training. That was the training. And for those of us who are not taking the laid out path, you need to develop new skills or maybe sharpen the skills that you've already been working with. And this, what we're showing is just an indication in mine and your symbol set. Like we like wands, you don't have to make wands, but like when you begin to recognize the things that are true to your heart and when you see that mirrored in the outer reality and you see that with other people and you see like things are like falling in place, you're like, well, this is where it's taking me. All right, <laughs> I get off my soapbox now and now I'm gonna let you, I wanna hear what you gotta say about that. Yeah, no, I, I have so many things to say. I'll try to do my best to narrow it down. But I will say I, I agree with with what you're saying about synchronicities. I think my life has been a series of synchronicities. I think 
think everybody experiences deja vu, right? We all experience deja vu. But I think when it comes to this sort of synchro mysticism and this awareness for the energy of your environment and your being, I think once you become aware of that, your deja vu moments start to become synchronicity moments because you're able to put words and thoughts to the primary feeling that's behind it. Because as I've learned more and more, I hear a lot about synchronicity and less about deja vu. So this is kind of just a speculation, but I do think that maybe the less trained experience deja vu as a wake up like hey hey this is that feeling that you don't always get pay attention to it and they don't know what words to put to it so they're like that's weird funny french word deja vu you know and laugh about it with their friends but once you get on to you know reading and, and understanding that there is this so 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 much realer version of the world called you know this non-reality this uh this reality outside of reality that's it's experienceable by your finer senses, you know? And I think for those who don't have a wand or don't know why someone would build a wand, I'll, I'll urge you to look into it because I'll tell you, I can go around and point a wand and, and you know, it doesn't do much, but in my mind and in this non-physical reality, it is a beacon of light, you know? It's projecting my will into that other reality. And uh, yeah, to point, you know, out some things about your wand, it looks absolutely fucking beautiful, man. I think people should sign up for the Patreon just to behold your craftsmanship. Mine, uh, you know, I'll take the compliment, but mine's definitely not as as nice. I do have seven little stones going along the the wood there for each chakra. And then I have seven feathers at the end. Um, and an arrowhead at the beginning. And I think the arrowhead symbolizes the fact that my interaction with mysticism has always been centered in my affinity for Native American culture, right? So my, my father's best friend is a Native American from a local tribe, and uh, he's my sister's godfather. Uh, so I grew up with that kind of imagery when I'd visit his house there's fur and feathers and all the things you kind of think of as like the trope you know what Native American culture looks like but as I really got to know him I realized and not much you know we, we don't know each other that well but the little I know from him there was a lot of wisdom in the things he was saying you know and it wasn't like well, the bear told the eagle, you know, it was just normal people stuff, man. And as a kid, that blew my mind because I had this idea of Native Americans like, oh, they wear skirts and dress up and dance around in te teepees, you know, and all this. And that's, I think, unfortunately, some people still think that it's like that. But yeah. And, and then as I got older, I go to this, you know, mystical town called New Haven, where there's, you know, Yale University and smoking joints in the park in between my community college courses. And I'm wearing a sitting bull t-shirt just because, and I run into this guy out of nowhere, who's a, a member of a tribe from Arizona. And he asked me about my shirt. He asked me about my joint and we just became buddies. And that was at an age where all this stuff was so new to me, but 
you know, that moment changed my life, you know, learning from him as much as I did in that year following about Native American culture set me on to where I am today. And for those who've listened to my past episode with Chris Milligan, you know that another thing he taught me was all about skull and bones because Prescott Bush in the 1800 had robbed Geronimo's grave. And Geronimo was the ancestor of my mentor Amos. So, so Amos came to New Haven to do a sun warrior's prayer every day at noon in front of the skull and bones tomb on high street. And I just ran into him as he was walking to do, go do that. And then one day he takes me along to, to witness the sun warrior's prayer. And I mean, you can, you can imagine someone screaming so loud that it goes blocks. It would disturb you. Right. This scream that he let out was filled me with so much passion because, you know, it was the it was a loud cry, but it was not out of fear or pain. It was out of strength that he cried. And in the middle of Yale University's campus, you know, you got like 20 year old dorks walking around with their books looking like, why is this red guy screaming, you know? (laughs) So it was a really profound moment that that changed my life. Um, And ever since, I've been researching as much as I can about these people because I don't think that they deserve to to have the benefit of 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 darkness. You know, we need to cast them into the light and and show the whole world what they've been done because, you know, the, the darkest, dirtiest things get sterilized in the light. And I think that's the type of treatment Skull and Bones needs. And the rest of these conspiracy, you know, cabals, I don't think they're all one group. But I think that Amos kind of gave me this magnifying glass, like, hey, man, look at this, look at this. And now I walk around Yale University and I look up at the, the reliefs and the motifs carved into their building, and it's all so ornate. And they're really trying to show off on how, you know, how fancy their campus looks like. But, it, you know, it's, it's all makeup. It's all just architecture students showing off. But there's some weird symbolism there, man. And uh, and yeah, it's it's something that I think uh, is worth sharing with you because I know you can appreciate the synchronicity in, involved. Well, undoubtedly, undoubtedly there. Uh, um, and and, you know, I, I, I love that story on um, on Amos. Uh, and like, as you're telling me that, I'm like, I'm thinking the, the, the Geronimo, the Geronimo piece, you know, before you even got there, I'm like, oh, that's what this guy said. Um, but, uh, and the way I like to think of it, like, you know, part of like our, 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 our matrix, uh, indoctrination molding of consciousness is, is really been, uh, to put us in what's known as uh, naming consciousness. That's our primary state where everything is named, everything is measured, everything is like, and and there's a purpose to that, like yeah, you know, yeah, like there, like there, there's there's there, it, it's it, it benefits us in some ways to be able to say like this is a that and this is a this and so forth. But you know, all things in balance and so forth. But but the greater consciousness of the the majority of people who go through through the uh, who go through um, uh, uh, matrix uh, indoctrination is that they're in the naming they're in the naming state at all time they don't even think it's a state they're like this is just the way things are so that being said um like like 
just the very name of like, uh, this is a Native American or this is like, um, you know, we're separating it. This is what naming consciousness when fundamental is. It is a separation consciousness. It's saying this is not this, it's that. Like it's saying this is different than this and this is different than that. And when that becomes part of your consciousness, our consciousness is the greatest mystery of all, but it's how we connect to the greatest mystery. And so it, our consciousness is tuned to separation. And so I like to think of, I like to think of it uh, more so is there are people who are in the matrix and there are people who are out of the matrix or there are people who are more in the matrix or less in the matrix or people who are able to go in and out of it. Like, however, and like, you know, there was a, a phrase I once heard is what, you know, what, what is it? It's like, you know, we we're, we're, we're all members of the, of we're the five fingered ones We're the five fingered ones. And, and particularly now that we are in this dominant V matrix time period is we can see all of the difference of, of, of people that are the, 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 the memory keepers, the actual memory keepers of life on earth before life on earth, before, um, before, uh, uh, you know, the matrix has become so indoctrinating in terms of how people interpret reality. It's all just, it's all just like, you know, the lens, which you're perceiving it. And you did this really neat way of describing like how you said you had this vision, this, this caricature of like what life outside of the matrix looked like. And they're like, hold on. It's, it's, it's not that it's like, you know, it's, it's just being real. It's being real. And like, you know, it's the same way that the same interest that you would apply, your cousin applies to his career and to the legal system and all of this. Like what happens when you apply that same level of focus and, and intellectual uh, discipline to something which is not matrix oriented? And like you saw like one example, like this is how we interact, but it's still just being human. So there's so much like when, when, when we can begin, if you're lucky enough to be around people who are outside of the matrix, I live in Lancaster, like I get to interact with the Amish a lot. And the Amish is a little bit different. They got their own matrix. Really all cultures are a matrix. It's all naming, but there's a, there, there are different degrees within it. And so it's, I, uh, and Lancaster has a really strong uh, Native American uh, heritage and, and and existing culture, uh, which I've I've gotten to touch with as well. And so, like you know, I've had those experiences and those sort of uh, things too. And maybe we'll get to that. But what I really want to talk about, where you really, really like excited me, and what you just said was when you talked about deja vu and synchronicity. <laughs> Uh, first off is like, I think about, I, I've been thinking about deja vu and synchronicity for a very, very long time. And I never put it together that deja vu is the like, kind of the, the predecessor or the wake up call or the training wheels for synchronicity. And like, when you said that, I was like, friggin' this dude's genius. This guy's got it. He's seeing it. Well, I mean, I gotta say you're, you're the conduit, man. I think we're both in the flow state. So well, that's I, what it is. Can't that's say I thought of that before now. I, I will well, admit. Well, 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 this is what happens when, when consciousness, when you see links, we saw our link, we had our timing link, we got our what's it called. And this is what happens. This is the greater reality. Like this is the joy of someone who's listening to this. You're, you're watching the magic unfold in the natural way in the mystic. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what I have, the, how I have um, understood and looked at synchronicity and deja vu. And, and it's a little bit different. Uh, and so 
the way I look at it, and the more so the the my angle and what's what's inter- of interest to me, and what I see, what let's say my uh, mission, purpose, whatever word you want to use to describe what it is you're, we're supposed to be doing at this time. There's an individual thing which we all have to do, and there's a collective thing, or at least a group thing, the thing with other people who are who are like minded, and. Uh, ultimately, or at least one of the areas which is really, really important to me is is helping to provide models of of consciousness. And the reason why we need models of consciousness is because we don't recognize that there 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 are models of consciousness. We just think like you know we take it all for granted. And so it's not until you go outside of it and you study it. That you begin to be like, oh, okay, okay, now I get it. And this is this is all Taoism. I mean, this is like these are all of the ancient, like all of the humans like knew this. And so what I mean by Taoism, it begins with uh, the the first verse of the Tao Te Ching is like the spoken Tao is not the real Tao. And so, like, I'm talking about consciousness. I'm talking about models of consciousness. That's not it. That's not it. But we need to talk about it in order to see it. Like, you know, the other way is, like, the finger that points at the moon is not the moon. What that means is, like, we have to go and, like, you know, uh, as we are, we are remembering how to be, as we're remembering how to be, we use these things. This is a pointer of, like, the moon and but it's not the friggin moon so like these models which i'm about to talk about are are like it's not it but it's the finger that lets you get to there and this is a unique thing for each individual so that being said this is what i want people thinking about so whatever language whatever language you learn as a child and this is this this learning language is is the 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 proof is in the pudding for how the human being and how consciousness works. You take a you take a, a, a one day old baby and you put it in any household in anywhere on earth, and whatever language or languages which that baby is around at two, it starts speaking it. It doesn't need flashcards. It doesn't need to remember anything. It becomes the language. So we see that and we see how adaptable consciousness is. It's malleable. It becomes what it is in. Doesn't matter what it is. It's like water. It's like that, you know, that the, the great Bruce Lee uh, interview, I think it was with Dick Cavity, like be like water. But like, yes, that's consciousness. You put consciousness into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put consciousness into like a, a test tube, it becomes a test tube. So our our consciousness and particularly our naming consciousness, it's all about words. And so the language, the language in which your consciousness is formulated around is for the most part, for the most part, the limitation of of ideas you can you can grasp or said another way. If you don't have words to describe it, well, then then, then it, it, it's it's at, at the very least it's in the unconscious. So we're going to begin with this idea of deja vu. So let's let's go and look at like what it literally is. It is a French term. It is a different language. Now, certainly it's in a similar language family than English, but it's different. And we could even get into like where modern English comes from, because modern English is the 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 the, the code for how we all are right now. And English is considered the de facto language of all business and business rules the matrix, the moving of currents. So we know English is, is, is very, very significant that way. But nonetheless, we go and look at French. 
And French has a lot. There's something very, very magical about the French. Um, and the, I mean, but like all things, like, you know, all matrices, it's also got like, you know, it's shortcomings and what have you. But in their language, they've got all sorts of words and phrases that we do not have for in English. And deja vu is an example. Like when once the concept of deja vu was kind of explained to someone in English, you're like, yeah, I don't know what that is. But we don't have a word for it. So we have to use someone else's word. If we did not steal that from another language, there'd be no way to describe it. That does not mean that does not mean that deja vu doesn't exist. And this is also the importance of the naming. Without the naming, you wouldn't even know what it is. Like maybe you would experience it, but you wouldn't be able to go and say, like, this is that, and be able to begin to recognize it. So the same thing is true with synchronicity. And synchronicity, though, it came, it came, I don't know when deja vu was, was first adopted within like uh, the English uh, lexicon, uh, but synchronicity comes from, um, from, from uh, uh, Carl Jung. And, you know, he was alive, what, maybe like in the 50s? I, I'm going to assume that was like when this idea of synchronicity was first kind of, maybe that was first introduced in his writings. Um, Maybe it was a little bit earlier than that. The yeah, early, time. early, early 20th century. He was born. It was in that the early? Late, okay. Well, he was born in the late 1800s. He was a well, contemporary. Then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're right, though, because, you know, Al, Alan Dulles actually took a lot of inspiration from Carl Jung to create some of the mind programming MK Ultra stuff in the CIA in the 50s. So, yes, Young spent the, the remainder of his life in that time period. Yes. And so think about like prior to the introduction of that word or concept. And so uh, the, the Jungian definition is a, is a meaningful coincidence. And I, I think that's kind of a, um, that's too loose for me. I think it's, I define it as a double level coincidence. So you have a coincidence and then there's a secondary coincidence as well. And so like, I would say like, uh, um, uh, like the example I always use, however, I, we could probably use what we described earlier with the wands today. Uh, like, you know, you go and you drive to a grocery store and the moment you, you pull into that grocery store, another car pulls up next to you and getting out of that car is a friend of yours you haven't seen for 20 years. And you're like, wow, that's a coincidence. But then the night before you had a dream and in that dream, that friend was in the dream. That's a secondary coincidence. That's the, that's what I mean, well, like a double layer coincidence. It's almost like a, I'm sorry to interject, but it's almost like a subject and an objective component has to be there. There has to be the objective to match that subjective that was the precursor to it, right? Without a doubt. And, and so, so, so uh, yes. And so what we're seeing is, is uh, there, there are two points I want to make with like, uh, with, with, or, or really one big point I want to make with, with looking at the, like the introduction of these words and then how those words, once they're introduced into the programming language of our mind, like, you know, I'm not saying there weren't synchronicities before Carl Jung came up with the terminology. We just didn't have a way to describe it. And then once it had, we had a way to describe it well then you know all sorts of stuff like in uh um people start using it in all sorts of different ways like mk ultra and like and, and mk ultra is in my opinion i define it as weaponized alchemy like uh, but the the point i want to make with this the point i want to make with this is so what other 
what other pieces of our greater reality are out there and we're experiencing that just haven't been named yet and are waiting for us to come up and 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 terminology and even name them. I mean, it's kind of a dance. It's like we need to go and name something so then we can get out of the naming, but there first has to be the well, naming thing. But this is the type, and, and as you said, like deja vu was like, you know, that was to me, like, you know, you described it in terms of, of like, you know, people start recognizing deja vu and then they start recognizing maybe synchronicity and then they realize that synchronicity is happening all the time. And it's like maybe this 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 consciousness growing curve um i also think that that there's the timeline like you know first there was like deja vu and then we got the synchronicity and what are the next words what are the next experiences ways of of working this what the the underlying fabric <clears throat> Of, of the unfolding of life in the greater reality as we become more aware and then being able to recognize and describe them so that other people can begin to be like, yes, this is happening to me too. And then it becomes more and more and more real and, 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 and workable. And these are the, the, the ways in which the movement into the unknown is navigated. It's, it's really... You know, as you're saying this, I'm getting the idea of like snow, you know, snow can be likened to this non-physical reality because the Inuits completely live in this other world of winter and snow where they have this intimate knowledge of snow to where they've come up with 30 or so words to describe all of the different variations of snow that you and I could never recognize because it only snows occasionally where we live. So, you know, we're in this physical reality and it occasionally snows on us, these synchronicities, and we're like, oh, it's snow, you know, but an Inuit who lives in the snow is like, well, this snow is hard snow or light snow, you know? And I think that like what we're kind of broaching with the language, it's like you have to have this uh, envelopment into the, you know, environment of consciousness to really have an intimate description of it. Uh, <laughs> I love how your mind works. So so you're, 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 that's such a great example. That's such a great example. So this is a general truth. This is a general truth. Um, uh whatever culture whatever is valuable to a culture uh or maybe said uh maybe uh, let me say it in the reverse uh you can know what is most important to any given culture by the number of words for that thing so like as you said with 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 uh living in 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 the in a snow-based world and having 30 or 40 or 100 different words slang terms for like snow um, you, you know, that's important. Um, and, and this is also true with, with, uh, uh not just like, like, it also can be true in other ways. Like we, we know that like in the Persian culture, like, uh, we, we modern folks have like, I don't know, like, let's say 10 different words, or, or we can see 10 different shades of blue, but the ancient Persians and the, 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 like the, the, uh, the, when they were making like where the, the ancient Persian rugs, they're like a hundred words for a hundred shades of blue. And we can't literally see it. Like someone in modern world would be like, oh, this is like blue, whatever. This is the other blue. And you'd be like, nah, they're the same to me. It's because <laughs> literally your consciousness is unable to see the difference. 
So that being said, you know, these are the words, you know, we look at the English language and we look at our modern culture. Like, think about how many words we have for money. Think about how many words we have for money. And then think about how many words we have for sex. Think about how many words we have. Like, you could go and see, like, where they're, like, what they're trying, what has been, what has been, um, what has been massaged out of our minds, you know, which begets what, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a constantly, a constantly like, you know, it becomes, it's not so you first are indoctrinated, but then you become the fueler of it. And then it like, you know, it takes a life on its own. And this idea like we're describing is like, when you begin, when you begin to like, literally to literally say like, I am, I am surrendering my life to, to the, what, what we're calling consciousness or like synchronicity or what have you. And then you begin to like really observe it and note it. Like those terms have to come up. Like synchromysticism was not a word 15 years ago. Like that was not in the, the mechanism, to, in the, in the lexicon. To my understanding, at least where I was first introduced to it was, um, it was a guy by the name of Jake Coetzee. I, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. It's K-O-T-Z-E. And he made some videos and he's got the, when you listen to these videos and you listen to like the, the, like the, the tone, the tone of his voice and like this speed of his voice like it's the like it would just put me in this hypnotic trance but he is the one who through his videos on 9-11 like totally invented in my opinion maybe there's someone who came before him I guess maybe like Goro Adachi you know he might have been for but I don't think he used the term synchromysticism though undoubtedly that's what he was doing but it was this Jake Coetzee who was who who like I think introduced the idea and like for me and like you and like all of these other people like suddenly like that's a thing it's named and now I can experience it. And now I understand it. And we're moving further and further away. I think from like looking at it in culture, I'm like, Oh, there's this and look how this is and that and that. And we're beginning to realize that we are living it. Yeah. Um, let me, let me say one more thing. And then, and then I'll let you reflect is uh, I was recently introduced to a book, a book, which was written in the thirties. And this book is undoubtedly about synchromysticism, and it never, ever, ever uses that word. But looking at it, I'm like, that's what this guy is talking about. And I'm on this uh, on another show regularly with uh, Emily Moyer, and the name of the book, and, and this is what our entire show is about, and we're calling it based upon this book because we're reading it. We're like, this guy's describing exactly what we're doing, but he was talking about 1930s, and it was called The Glass Bead Game. It's by uh, Herman Hesse. And so it's considered like one of the great books of literature. And, and, you know, maybe I read it in high school. I don't know. But like, I probably would have been bored out of my mind. But I'm reading it now with the lens of like, this guy's talk about synchro mysticism. And like, and, and I haven't gotten anything yet. There's nothing where I'm like, oh, but I know that I am entraining my mind to a mindset uh, of of um, someone else who is talking about the same phenomenon, you know, and this guy came out of the same place where 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 Young came out of, and so I have an expectation, an anticipation is probably a better word, not an expectation, an anticipation of somewhere down the road that there's something I'm reading which I'm not going to quite like like aha right away, but I know that it is further tuning 
It is further tuning my consciousness in the same way these Persians could see a hundred different shades of blue, but I can't see them. I could see only 10 right now. I, I, my anticipation is this experience of, of working with reality. And this has always been true. Mystics have always done this, but now, now it is a requirement for life as opposed it was an option for life. So <laughs> all right, your turn. Yeah, no, I there again, there's so much to touch on, but I think that when you talk about these two gentlemen, Jake Coetzee and the other guy, I've never heard of them. You and Chris Knowles are the first people I've ever and Ross Ben are the first people I've ever heard the synchromistic term applied to, right? So through obviously the higher side chats, the Grimerica show, different uh, podcasts I've heard you on. And this idea of a synchromistic, I just thought they coined it. And now I'm understanding that it, it's something that's been on the internet or on this kind of wavelength of thought. But the way I understood it is there's this pattern out there and we're talking about it now as taking yourself out of consciousness to analyze consciousness to better understand consciousness and through that process your consciousness evolves you know it, it upgrades so to speak and that also brings to mind i don't know if if you're familiar i'm sure you are uh robert anton wilson and, and timothy leary they have a book uh prometheus rising and it's all about like the eight circuit mind right mm -hmm. i'm very familiar with okay uh, with and I, I had a feeling because this book definitely put a lot of these themes in my mind before I ever had a podcast to help illustrate it, you know, because hearing other people talk about it and reading it in a book, you know, it's two different, two different feelings. And I think that listening to it on a podcast brings a whole new level to it. So how would you explain this pattern seeking kind of synchromysticism do you think that's what it is or or how do you understand synchromysticism as you do it well um i don't think i do it it's like it's it's a way of being it and and, and even more so than that it's 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 how your consciousness is is molded and it is I want to go back to that. I want to. I just want to go and reflect on the Robert Anton Wilson. But where you go and uh, remind me to go back there because I, I, I'm I'm excited for that. But so Robert Anton Wilson, I I read all of his stuff. Uh, I was reading all of his stuff like right around the same time, this 2007 time period, 2010, like there. And I was like becoming familiar with with uh, Coetzee's work. Um, uh, Christopher Knowles, he was like one of the originals. Like I used to like, you know, he goes back to like, you know, the, uh, he, to, I used to study his stuff and I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> um, so I read his stuff, uh, and I really became, uh, deeply like moved by it, like reading like both his nonfiction work and his fiction work. He wrote a book called the Illuminatus trilogy and I'm reading the Illuminatus trilogy and it was friggin' drudgery for me. I was like, I want to read this book. It was thick. And like, I'm all about like, you know, like intellectual, I want to read nonfiction. But I was like, I know I had to read it and I'm reading through it and I am seeing how this book is like everything which I'm reading is showing up in my life in the most like tangible synchromistic ways. And I'm like, like that. And, and I do that now with all books, which I read. But anyway, so began with that. And so around the same time, like I was doing all of this consciousness stuff, but I went deep, 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 deep 
deep into conspiracy as well. Deep in conspiracy as well. Like I got a PhD in conspiracy. Um, and I was doing that simultaneously. And I was kind of like fluttering back and forth. Like I'd put my my attention here and then I put it there. And I was doing art. This is when I was making all this stuff. And like, you know, I was doing all of these sort of things. And so there was another book. And so it's funny, you say uh, Prometheus Rising. There are a couple books which I really recall, which I read, which had a very, very um, uh, uh, profound effect in my thinking. It was Prometheus Rising. And he wrote another book called Quantum Consciousness, I think. I think it's called Quantum Consciousness. Yep. Yep. It's been a I while. That book so, too. so those two books. And around the same time, I read this other book. Maybe you're familiar with this as well. And it's by Michael Hoffman. And it's called Psychological Warfare and Secret Societies. No, but I uh, gotta that buy it. Book, <laughs> that book is so is is so friggin' like uh like you gotta go and read it. But I but but I wanna give you like a little bit of a like you know there I wanna say this about both of them. Like Robert Anton Wilson has a way of writing where like you love it and you like he's funny and he's like so wise and you're like, yeah, this guy knows everything, and like you know, blah 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 blah. And you start to accept it and you start accepting it. And Michael, Michael Hoffman, his in my opinion, in my opinion, um, his work is a little bit more um divisive, like he has a very, very strong strong understanding of, of reality, of his reality. And it's based upon some dogmas, some, some religious dogmas, which don't quite sound like to me, they don't line up, but, but I have the capability and I, and you know, everyone has the capability, but I know I can do this. I, and I know some people struggle with this. I'm able to be like, okay, well this, this doesn't necessarily resonate with me, but there's all this other stuff he's talking about, which is good. So I can continue to read the book. So I'm saying that to all people. But the point of the story of this and where I want to go with this is uh, literally beginning last year. It was It was last spring. Um, I was like, right when all of, you know, when, when, when year zero began, when year zero began, I, I said, I want to go back to where I was 10 years ago? What was I thinking 10 years ago? What was shaping my mind 10 years ago? And I went and I remember my two most, the most uh, significant books in my memory were uh, um, Prometheus Rising and Secret Society and Psychological Warfare, whatever it's called. Um, and so I started reading them simultaneously. So when I read them before, I'm reading them separate. And when I was reading them separately, I was reading them 100% like, you know, this is where all of my focus is. And this is like, you know, this is shaping my mind. And then I go into the next. But now what I'm doing is I'm reading a chapter here and a chapter here and a chapter here and a chapter here. And I'm like these MFers are talking about the exact same thing. And these guys are both like really making strong, strong arguments. Like I can see where they're coming from. Um, but their arguments are completely diametric. Like they're talking about the exact same thing. Like it was so synchromistic while I was reading it. Like I would read a chapter in 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 quant in uh, Prometheus Rising, and it would talk about. They both, I think, were they they were talking about a lot of the same sort of cultural events that was happening. Maybe the Unabomber. I don't know. I don't remember what the details were. But like I would read it in one chapter, and then I'd go to the next book, and they're talking about the same thing, and they're looking at it from these very very different perspectives. And then I saw. I saw like in myself, like by looking at them juxtaposed, I was like, neither, you know, neither one of like, you know, both of their opinions. And, and I, I'm going to say the same is true to me for anyone who's listening, like, you know, or same or to you or to anyone. It's like they're just saying from their perspective. 
And when you get like caught up in someone else's perspective, and particularly if it rings true, like it's real easy to go and lose uh, and just to accept it all and like kind of like get in that train in that train of thought. But when I read them side by side and I could see them and I could go and it would help me begin to differentiate like what was what was one perspective person's perspective uh, and what was another's. And it wasn't a comparison to say right or wrong, good or bad, as much as it allowed me to have finer and finer resolution and help me to understand and better cultivate what it is that is unique to me, because we all have our own unique um, perspectives and we're talking about the same stuff. So I wanted to share that story because I think it's that that that, that those are really key markers um, uh, in this 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 time period, and particularly in this this area of um, this moment of 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 like really uh, sharpening how we understand. And this what we're talking about is like the synchromistic way, and the synchromistic way is just this: it's recognizing that there is um, there is a connectivity. And there is an unfolding and there is a pattern, a patterning which is deeper than the naming. Um, and that that is the way which we move through whatever we call the experience of life. That's the synchromysticism. And this is true with everything. And this this I call it the greater reality. Uh, and if you can align your consciousness to the greater reality, you can then go find that in everything. And let me give you these three things and then I'm going to stop. So in this is just a model. This is a model of how I, uh, one way of looking at reality or there are um, three different realities. So we've got um, what, what we call the baseline reality. And um, right now they're referring to it as the simulation, but the baseline reality is also thought of as just like the natural world, but it's the natural world before there's naming. And, and if you're interested, we could talk about why like it's called the simulation, but I just want to illustrate the point. So we've got the, the simulation, um, but the point of it is it's, it's not so much that it's not real, it's just not what we think it is, but this is baseline reality. And to experience that is before naming. And then we have uh, matrix. Uh, then we have the matrix reality, which is completely a reality made, created by humanity, and it exists within within the uh, um, within the simulation. And all cultures are matrix, but we're we're experiencing the matrix right now, which is a very very established version of like how how things are. And then they all exist within the greater reality, and so the greater reality permeates all of this. And so when we are synchromistic, and so what, what, what synchromysticism is to me is someone like you, someone like me, any of us who are born into this deep, deep matrix, um, this is our first understanding of reality. We understand reality from our culture, primarily our pop culture, our movies, our books, our, 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 our that. And then you are able to grasp you're able to grasp the, the connectivity be between all of these things that should not be connected, that should not be connected. And what you're doing is you're able to go into the greater reality consciousness and apply it into the matrix and still see, and still see it's all part of whatever this greater reality is. The greater reality cannot be named. It's, you know, it's the, the spoken Tao is not the true Tao, um, but that's what we're doing. But as we begin to 
to, and, and that's always been cool. That was always been cool for 10 years 12, or however long that we've been doing this. But now it is the, it is the gift of the greater reality because the matrix as it's changing form right now, you know, we, people would stay in the matrix. It's the reason why we stay in the matrix is because it's comfortable and easy, but now it's not comfortable and easy. It's changing form and it becomes more evident of what it is. And so now as, and particularly for those of us, like you were playing, you, you had your foot in both worlds. You're a de delivery guy. You're doing this, you're making ends meet. You're like, well, this is what, how life is. Um, but now that's not the case anymore. And so now all of those skills and the skill it begins is what we call synchromysticism. The synchro mysticism is being able to tap into the greater reality, but then to go look at the matrix reality, which we find ourselves, and then work our way through it. This is playing the glass speed game. And it is not, and how it's positioned in the book is like, this is a game which people play. It's not a game anymore. This is how we navigate. And this is the skill. It's a skill set. It's not an observation. It begins by learning the observation, but then it becomes a way of learning how to move through this time period. Yeah. And it's funny you, you're, you're saying move because as I'm thinking of what to bring up next, I'm thinking about the landscape that we're in. I'm thinking about the places where these synchronistic moments happen, you know, books are certainly a conduit for it. I think like Prometheus rising and quantum consciousness, um, secret societies uh, and psychological warfare wasn't quite the one for me, but there was another book with a similar title. I don't know if you're familiar, uh, The Secret History of the World by Mark Booth. Now, this book was really synchronistic for me as I started reading it as well as uh, the teachings of uh, Don Juan, the Yaqui way by Carlos Castaneda and all of the books that followed. But yeah, these books for me were very pivotal as far as allowing me to see the subjective, objective, double-layered mm -hmm. synchronicities as they were coming to me. And that led to other books. It led to other friends, other people, which led, you know, and my life has culminated into this, you know, just moment after moment of leading up till now. And, and because I'm aware of it, I can kind of see like, oh, I got this job because I spent that time doing this job, you know, like the delivery guy job. I had hours and hours and hours to listen to podcasts. And now mm -hmm. I have the honor of working for one of my favorite podcasts, you know, so I definitely am a uh, example of, of a, someone who's synchronistic, uh, has something to show for it, I guess. But, you know, what, what can you speak to about where, we, where we're traveling and how we're moving? Because I noticed that as I'm moving through my world, there are two primary things that come up, red-tailed hawks and mountains. Whenever I'm near a mountain, there's a certain sense of just respect and from that respect i'm more aware and then the other part of that is the red-tailed hawk where over and over and over again and this might just be because i live in an area where there's red-tailed hawks i mean there's probably a, a an omen or animal for everyone depending on what landscape they're in 
But for me, it's the red-tailed hawk. And it's always at the perfect moment. It's not every week. It's not every month. But it's always at a perfect moment where a red-tailed hawk swoops in front of me in the road when I'm driving or I look to my left and there he is perched. It's it's just a reoccurring omen, you know. And um, since learning about the Susquehanna River alchemy and and some stuff that Ross Ben talks about, about geomancy and the, the land being powerful and some Fritz Zimmerman about mounds and whatnot. I've really tried to put myself in these places, you know, and uh, I travel. I've always loved being in nature, but now I specifically go out of my way to go to unique places. And in 2020, I had the opportunity of bringing a friend who... I guess she was in New Haven because of some Yale program, but she was from Alexandria, Egypt. And we Mm -hmm. became friends and uh, she got stuck here because of COVID. So I ended up, uh, you know, giving her rides everywhere and and just helping her out because she was kind of stranded here and didn't really have enough money to keep herself going. And then by the end of it, I ended up driving her to the airport in Virginia because she had to fly back to, to Egypt. So I'm like, all right, great. I'm going to go up the Susquehanna River. I've heard so much about this river. I'm going to just, you know, have a really great time going from D.C. up back to Connecticut. You know, that's where I live, Connecticut. And um, yeah, it was interesting because DC was a ghost town because of COVID. This was like in June, so nobody was going anywhere. And I got to see all of the, you know, interesting monuments. And and then I just kind of went up past the 40th parallel over the Susquehanna and back up to Connecticut. But I definitely made a point to stand by the river and, and speak my piece and, and say a prayer and and now I'm working for Sam Tripoli, man. So there's some <laughs> there, there's some some alchemy involved for sure, I think. Because back then I wasn't, you know, I had done one or two podcasts with him, but I was just another one of the thousands of people he podcasted with, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, I guess that, that was more of a, an anecdote, but I, I do want to know what you think about, like, how we, we move through this landscape, so so you you hit on a whole bunch of interesting points so uh uh and dc i i used to live right i used to live right outside of dc i lived in arlington for i don't know like 10 years or so like in the it i was in arlington during during uh september 11th you know 2001 i used to drive that dulles the i'm assuming she flew out of dulles um and the dulles parkway and and like you know you you mentioned you mentioned the you mentioned the Dulles brothers and you mentioned their 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 um their weaponization of the the uh teachings of of or and insights of of Carl Jung and so like that, that that's an interesting that's maybe we'll, we'll we'll start with that um so let's go back to uh let's go back to the idea of um, the matrix reality, the simulation reality, and um, the greater reality. And the synchromistic is primarily um, applying the the um, applying the uh, a greater reality consciousness into the matrix, into the products of the matrix, into the popular culture of the matrix, into seeing through the conspiracy, all that sort of stuff. Um, 
but but the truth of the matter is um the or or maybe the more pure how about the pure the pure expression of that is going to be done um between a human being and the simulation what we'll call the natural world and let me take a moment and just describe this so the reason why i call it the simulation is um it's more due to historical uh, um, precedent. Um, we can go and look at we can look at like uh, the in ancient India they referred to they referred to like our 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 baseline reality as as Maya the illusion or like you know the Aborigines of of Australia when 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 we call it awake they called it dream time like you know this isn't the real thing and then and, and like even. Old Matrix this is old Matrix. So like we're already in the new Matrix. So like the, the, the previous version of the Matrix or the lead up into what we have, you know, that's when the quantum physicists started telling you like, oh, it's, everything's made of, of atoms and atoms are all empty space. And so like, yeah, it looks like you're solid, but you're really not. Um, you know, there is a, a, a continuity which is saying that like what appears to be real to us is not real or at least the very, at least in the very, um, in, in the, uh, in in the way we perceive it it's not the way that it is um that it is seemingly uh what it is so there's 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 an allusion to that and so the idea of referring to our life on earth as the simulation was i don't know that first started coming out about 10 years ago there's some english prof pro, uh uh philosophy professor who introduced the idea and like you know we're in a simulation and like elon musk is is, is like oh our simulation but 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 it's i'm that is that is more accurately a um a marker of the cultural time like the the future world which is being laid out is computer based so they're talking about the same way about reality but they're doing it in the terminology of the time and so simulation is a computer time it's the same thing which they've always said like it's like we're in computer time so they're going to use the computer so but but the simulation so let's go back to what i'm calling the simulation i could call it the natural world but it's it's i want to be able to be distinct i'm talking about you know it from our our current terms uh Humanity is always related to the natural world in the same way which we're describing synchromysticism with with the matrix. And so, you know, you would go and you would recognize that in a, a key moment in life, like there would be uh, an omen, something you would see, a, a, a red-tailed hawk, you know, or something. You begin to realize that there is a a communication which is happening, and relative to um, and I'm saying this with a lowercase m, the matrix of the person. Like, you know, if, if you still have meaning for that, when you see that bird and you go and you define it, like, you know, you're naming it. That 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 I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, recognize what's happening. And, and this is how we get meaning. This is part of our consciousness is meant for that. But, like, you know, that's what happens. And we begin to have... Um, we begin to we begin to uh, um, recognize uh, this our own language with with the simulation with the natural world, and that is very uh, helpful for our navigation. So, and that's always been the case, and, and we're going to get to rivers in a moment. Uh, one of the things which I think is happening right now, uh, it's happening with me, and I, it's seemingly happening with you, and I think it's probably happening with a lot of people, is, you know, we're becoming, you know, as we're becoming aware of like, oh, we were in a matrix, and this is how it works, and we're beginning to extract ourselves. It's like, you're going to have to put your awareness somewhere else. And so, um, 
So we go into, uh, you know, the, the natural world, we go into the natural world and, um, and we're beginning to say like, okay, there's something here. We're beginning to realize there's a communication. And if you're doing it and you're, you're probably naturally doing this, but if you're not like, you know, let me give like a, a, a um, like here's a, here's a, a technique or a tip of what you do is when you go into the natural world and you go into the simulation, you um, don't bring naming consciousness. You know, you go in there and you, you, you're going to notice that you're going to have naming consciousness. Oh, look, there's a maple tree. Oh, look, there's a this, there's a that. Oh, look, there's that. And if you can begin to, to go and you first recognize you're doing it, and then you just kind of like observe. You still want to observe just as much, but to literally be able to observe without any sort of naming, without being saying, oh, this is what's happening. This is what this is. This is what that is. Like you're going to begin to realize that there is, um, there's a different state inside. And, and the, di- the, the feeling, I loved how you talked about like, oh, this is what deja vu feels like. There's a, there's a feeling, there's a subtle feeling difference. And, and, um, um, and what's good about that is you, you can recognize when you get into it and you could also recognize like how, how, how established maybe, uh, naming consciousness is, but you begin to go into this and this is called open consciousness. You're looking at it without naming and probably the easiest way to do that is, um, the easiest way to do that is, uh, by bringing your awareness to just breathing. Like you want to be looking at everything. You're not shutting your eyes. You're not going into meditation. You're fully observing this, this natural world, this landscape, this illusionary world, and you're looking at it and you're not naming it. And, and if you can concentrate on your breathing with your eyes open, you're going to start to realize like you relax. Like we know this, when you go in nature, everyone feels better when you get out of it. And so this open consciousness, all you're doing is you're being open is you're resetting your nervous system. Whatever the hell nervous system is, we've got this thing inside. We're calling it the nervous system, but that begins to reset. And we're seeing more and more people doing that right now. And there's a necessity. And we're beginning to go and understand the way which people used to do that before they lived in the matrix. Um, I do the same thing as you. Whenever I travel, like I've got a, I got a book. I, I think it's called like the Encyclopedia of North American Mounds. And wherever there's like a known mound, like it's in this book and tell you if it's if you can go to it or if it's not. A lot of them are like very readily accessible. accessible. And then I go there and I go there without necessarily uh, an expectation of, of, you know, something magical to happen, but an anticipation that I'm connecting with something deeper, you know, one lover deeper that deeper than the, the matrix, you know, I'm still in the matrix. I don't live in the woods. I'm not like, I don't got those skills. I can't live in a cave. I don't, you know, I, I, I can't get all of my nourishment just by looking at the sun. I'm not there yet. I definitely believe I, I have a feeling inside that that is definitely hu- humanity's birthright, but we've forgotten how to do it. And maybe that's where we're going, but here's where I want to go with this. And this is what I think is, 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 is um, to me, to me, I think this is the most the most significant um, piece of, of where my focus is and, and what what information I'd like to share with people. So we talked about we talked about the uh, um, the matrix reality. Uh, we talked and or you know any culture, and then we talked about like you know the simulation reality, the like natural world. But then there's also this this greater reality, and the greater reality is you you know what all of this exists in. It's it's it is the most real, but it is the least to it's the hardest to to like to 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 know to 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 
capture, to put your hands on versus the matrix, which is the least real, but it's the easiest to see. Like, you know, it's this inverse relationship. So as we move towards, towards um, during this time uh, and we go into the simulation, there is, there's, there is a, um, a desire to begin to, to connect with the greater reality and in a naming consciousness way, because we're going to begin with the naming consciousness to, do, to explain what it is we're, we're kind of looking for or uh, the best way to to see um, you know here are examples of the of the greater reality consciousness the mystery of consciousness synchronicity dreams all of these things that that you know those are parts of it but it also includes in the simulation we see it in these these um, these invisible forces these infor- invisible forces and to me you know, this is, this is, and this is where all of the Susquehanna mystery, you know, it, it, it has brought me to this. And so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be naming it so that it cannot be named, but you know what you are, uh, what, what you're working with. So, um, there's a, you know, there's a general, a general understanding, you know, maybe it's metaphorical, maybe some people take it literal, but it's that, um, water is life water's life you know we're water beings and like you know when the when the the supposed nasa folks are looking out for like future planets for us to live in like the most important thing is we need to find water because water is where there's going to be life like we know water is life water is life um and so uh uh, you could think about this little uh imaginate imaginatory um thing right now is you know picture you're just standing in a creek right now and um you know imagine barefoot in a creek and, uh, you know, kind of get that in, in your imagination right now. And um, doing feeling, like pulling up feelings and stuff like this is not naming consciousness. This is another way to get out of naming consciousness. But you begin with that and you're know, sensing the water like rushing over your feet. And like, you know, maybe you can imagine, sense or feel what, what the, 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 the coolness of the water and like maybe it's splashing on your, on your shins. And maybe you could even uh, sense, imagine, or feel like the texture underneath, uh, underneath the, the, the soles of your feet. And so then in this imaginatory um, exercise, uh, in your left hand, you've got a bowl. And you go reach down and, 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 and you scoop out a bowl uh, or some of the water. And you put your right hand into that bowl and you're touching the water. And it's the same substance. It's the same substance in, in what you're standing in. But it isn't. It's different. What you're standing in is moving. And what is in your bowl is not. And so with the naming consciousness and with a, 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 a matrix reality perspective, you're like, ah, well, that's the friggin' current. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, the current, there's all sorts of like matrix uh, logical expla- explanations of like, oh, well, the current is gravity or the current, like the water's coming up from the spring and it pushes out and it's got to go somewhere. Whatever it is, that's all naming consciousness. Get out of that. Get out of that. Get out of that. And you first go and you go to open consciousness. You just stand and you know that it's happening. And then we could go into another type of consciousness, which is more along with the greater reality. Because that current, you can't touch that current. You take, you take the water out of the, out of the stream, out of the riverbed, out of the creek, and it's no longer moving. That invisible, magical force is not there. And so then what you do, and then what you do, and then what you do is you apply what I call union consciousness. 
And so union consciousness is a little bit different, a little bit different than um, than open consciousness. Open consciousness is just that it's neutral. It's like I'm open. I'm like observing and I'm breathing and I'm not naming and I'm just being. But union consciousness is different and union consciousness it, we, we could think about it, it'll begin with a little bit of a naming because we have to describe it in order to say what it is. But union consciousness comes from like a recognition of the greater reality and even more specifically the forces of reality. And the current is probably the most tangible you are going to get of touching of touching the greater reality. And so now let's go back to what I said before. The water, water symbolically, literally is life. And the current is literally symbolically the force that moves life. When you bring that, so when I tell you that and you're like, okay, I see what you're saying, Mike. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a, that's a cool metaphor. That's naming consciousness. It begins with naming consciousness. That makes sense. But then when you begin to be able to apply that and be like, and what does application mean? It's kind of like knowing that without really understanding that and then letting it go free. I no longer name it. I don't have to understand it, but I'm like, okay, I'm opening with it. And you know what? I'm standing it and I'm part of it. And I've experienced that. And you just begin to breathe with the current. This is true for all bodies of moving water. Humanity has in every like non like the matrix culture, they have worshipped. They have worshipped and worshipped is a, a matrix idea, uh, perspective. They have understood on a deep level that moving water was significant to their life. But it was not so like what we're told that, they're, they're, you know, you're praying to a god or a goddess and that's the water. And like that's ma that's naming that's matrix consciousness. That's not it. These people didn't have day timers. These people didn't have like these calendars to rule their lives. What they did was they were surrendering to the greater reality and allowing that to take their lives. To, to move their lives and for where it is to go. And so you do that and you go and you align your consciousness, just as we saw with like naming consciousness. Like you always, if you don't even realize you have naming consciousness, you're doing it all the freaking time and you don't even think it's a thing. You're like, it's just like, you know, I'm awake, what the fuck? But then when you begin to recognize there's something else and you see these distinctions, and these aren't the only distinctions of consciousness, you know, I'm just like slicing and dicing it this way. When you begin to see what this is, what, what, what I'm calling you union consciousnesses. And when you are applying that and, and arguably applying that union consciousness to the matrix is what synchromysticism is. But when you are applying it to something as tangible as, as what we're calling the current, the force behind the movement of water, what you're doing is you're aligning your consciousness and your consciousness is your personal connection to the greater reality with it. And you're allowing yourself to be moved with it. This is true with every body of water, the creek in your backyard, the river a mile away. But then, and now I'm going to say this one last thing, because we're talking about the Susquehanna mystery. There are hierarchies. There are hierarchies. It's not a competition. And so this is the hierarchy of the Susquehanna River. Um, the, the, the matrix systems, they'll call it uh, tutelatory spirits. They'll call it um, earth spirits. It's talked about it in terms of, of like, you know, a, a superstition of like, you know, how the people would see the earth, the spirits of the earth. And like, you know, forests have a quality and mountains have a quality and, and, and rivers do or creeks do and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and they have different qualities. They have different qualities. And you can know it by looking at it. A mountain is about stability. 
A mountain's about being friggin' stable. I'll tell you what, because that mountain ain't moving. And movement and unfolding of life is river. Like it's all these different things. So there's a hierarchy. And what this hierarchy means is that um, the, the, the closer the body of moving water is to your own reality, where you live, where you are, the more personal it is. The more it is affecting you. And then as you go up the hierarchy, the greater the influence it has on life on earth. You know, there's always got to be a grandmother. You look at any, you look at any family structure. There's always someone like, you know, just because grandmother does not necessarily take away from the children. It's not a competition with aunts and uncles or whatever. It's just like, it's understanding the hierarchy. And so the way which we can we can understand the hierarchy here is by looking at the matrix itself, by looking at actual reality uh, from all of these different sort of angles. And when doing that, all signs point to the same conclusion, and it's that the Susquehanna River, quite possibly the oldest river on the planet, in terms of like it's been flowing for longer than any other river, like this 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 movement of life. Um, you can see it by the incredibly unique geological deposits that are found in her river valley, uh, uh, which are found nowhere else on Earth, which are um, uh, 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 unbelievably deniable about their uniqueness. When you see it, like, yeah, this is special. Like, these are markers. These are markers. And then we could look at cultural matrix reality, and we can see what was done upon this river, which no one has ever heard of. Guess what? If you know computers... Right. You know, like, oh, Silicon Valley computers. That's where it came from. Well, you don't know your history. The first computer was put on an army base right on the Susquehanna River. That was the birthplace of the information technology. Oh, globalism is one global culture and like the British Empire and the American Empire, which is all the same. And it's what, what where, where it all comes from. Oh, yeah. Where did that begin? Oh, it began like, you know, at, at Plymouth Rock. That's where it began. Well, no, it didn't. It began at Jamestown 20 years earlier, right on the friggin Susquehanna River. And then what about electricity? Like, electricity is so friggin important to us. Oh, yeah. Edison did that at Menlo Park park in New Jersey. Guess what? He didn't. He did on the Susquehanna River in Sunbury. This was the the most, uh, and I'll use this word, dominant uh, people who lived in, in, in what's now known as North America upon the arrival of the colonists. They lived right on the Susquehanna River. This is where all of the power center is. The Washington, Washington D.C. lives on the Susquehanna River. It lives on a tributary. It lives on the Potomac, and that empties into the Chesapeake Bay. And the Chesapeake Bay is a, a geological fact. It is the the flooded final two hundred miles of the Susquehanna River. And so, when we begin to see that, we begin to see that in the matrix reality, and then we apply that. We apply that to like, okay, there's a greater reality and all this sort of stuff. We're like, this is the grandmother, and so. I teach, it's not even so much I teach, you know, that makes it sound like I know a thing or two. I don't. It's like, I'm going to show you information. I'm going to help, you know, we're all in this together. I'm like, look at all of this. You know, it's, it's like, you know, this isn't a competition. This isn't like root for my home team and, you know, instead of your home team, but it's understanding. And so the importance of this understanding, at least in the way which I know it is, um, 
in the remembering of this, you know, this is, you know, uh, I, I would say this is like what has happened upon the river uh, on, on all rivers and all things is they've been dammed. The dam has stopped the flow and it's been it's been hijacked uh, using Ross Ben's terminology. The timeline has been manipulated. This is like how you manipulate timelines. You know, there are lots of ways you stop the natural flow and you put yours on top of it. Um, you know, by knowing this story and first knowing it by naming consciousness, by understanding it as a story and seeing like, yeah, the, the facts line up and then stepping back from it and being into like open consciousness, you'd be like, okay, you know, I don't have to name it. I could just breathe with it and I could be with it. I sent you all of those materials. And that's like the purpose of that. Like, you know, just to kind of like get to that space if you do not have the opportunity in order to, to connect with this river, but everyone's connected to it subconsciously because this is where, where electricity, computers and globalism began. And then you could go and move into union consciousness and recognizing that its flow, its current is the primary grandmother flow of life on earth. And it's been taken away from us, but we don't have to go and, and do anything. We, it begins in consciousness. It begins in recognizing what can you do right now? And it begins by connecting with that. And then just as what you said with your experience, like I'm not saying it was a it was a cause and effect. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but you said it. You said that that you went and you you had your own unique experience with the Susquehanna just based upon stuff you've heard from me. And you're like, if I'm in this area, I want to go check it out. And then you saw, like, you know, whatever it was that you connected, you saw how your life moved. And you saw you were brought into another position. And, and that, in my opinion, is the way. Not just with the Susquehanna River, but I think it will help everyone. Um, but a lot of people, it speaks to very, very deeply. But this understanding of the forces of the natural world, particularly the movement of water, the current, the greater mystery of that, as we become to have union consciousness with it, and then we just go about and live our lives with like, what is the next right step? Because we're in a period where you can't plan. All you can plan is what is your next right step? So I guess yeah, you know that was that was another big uh, a big soapbox thing, but 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 that's that's what I want to share. That's you know for for Mike and his story, that's it. That's like you know that's the that's what I'm doing. No, sharing actually. that story, sharing this understanding, so that then other people can go and apply it in their own unique way. Yeah. No, I, I don't think you need to to belittle it by saying it's a soapbox because I think the listeners and myself can take so much from that, man. I know I'm going to have to go back and listen to this again. But yeah, I actually, now that I think, and I'm kind of looking at the map here, it was at the trisection point where the West Branch and the North Branch kind of meet where I did this kind of, uh, you know, moment on the, on the riverbank, it was in Pennsylvania where I stopped. But, so um, you, you mean right at the, the confluence of the, the primary confluence that's Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Man, that sounds familiar, but yeah, I remember a town called Red Lion, which was very Red, Lion, Red Lions in York. That's right on the 40th parallel. So that yeah. those are those two places. I mean, those two so, places, like, I remember, I remember driving through there and then going up the Susquehanna from there to the confluence and then following it along the North Branch. But I remember seeing uh, on the map that there was like that 
three points. So I'm like, okay, I'll go there and stop. And sure enough, there was a nice little parking lot on the side of the river where I was able to park and walk up to the shore. But yeah, man, I definitely think that there's something special there in particular, but that's not to take away from like someone who's listening to this in Canada or, or California. And there there's magic in your own backyard, you know, look around 100%. at the landscape, you know, 100%. And if you want to understand the quality, if you want to understand the quality of that, of where you are, if you want to understand the quality of where you are, look at what is, look at what has happened. Look at the history. Look at the cities. Look at like every city has its own unique quality. You know, Philadelphia is different than, than, than New York and Boston is different than that. Chicago has a different feel than that. And, and Oklahoma city feels different. And these, um, Look at what firsts. Firsts are very, very important. Look at what has been established in this area. And you have an understanding of, of maybe like where a timeline has been hijacked, but you also have an understanding of like what, what, why there, you know, whether it was done purposefully or not, that's where it took hold. Um, and this is, this is a, um, I've been, I was told this by, by some of the the old timers here in 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 Lancaster, and they used to say, um, part of the practice of the people who lived here who lived here prior to um, uh, you know the the coming of the colonists was they would take they would take stones from the Susquehanna and they would put it in the Conestoga and they would take stones from the Conestoga and they would put it into the Susquehanna. And the the idea was there was there were they were weaving a loom and they were keeping the connection. Um, in my opinion, and I would like to do, and you know, I just haven't had the time uh, or the opportunity yet. But I would like to do the same sort of research which I've done in the Susquehanna in in other places. In fact, I've um, been approached by some people to like focused on 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 other rivers and i sent you the copy of the rights in the 40th parallel and like that's just like a guidebook of like where to go and like you know some ways of working with it so that you for for people who need like a little bit of a a, a little bit of, of encouragement um but the important thing is the this idea in my opinion of of reconnecting the water systems like and and a recognition from this kind of union consciousness of the greater reality of your reestablishing a reestablishing the continuity of unfolding of life on earth yeah and as you're saying that all these things are flooding to my mind i live in a state connecticut which is a native american word for long river was born in a town, Milford, Mills, depend on rivers. There's four rivers that, you know, just come through the town and lead into Long Island Sound because we're on Long Island Sound. And one of them is Oyster River, which is a festival now. There's the Oyster Festival because the tribes have been, you know, who are native to this area a long time ago. Every spring they would come and, uh, live in this area and then in the summer when all the oysters were ready they would have a big party you know a big celebration and uh yeah you know i didn't have to per se go to the susquehanna there was rivers in my backyard you know and uh 100 correct and but and it's I think, beautiful that you did 
Yeah, no. And, and that's, and that's just it. I had the, um, synchronistic moment that led me there and it all worked out, you know, but I've had similar kind of making my peace with, uh, with the Connecticut river. When I say that I do this sort of, you know, for anyone who might care, I learned this from my mentor Amos about tobacco and how tobacco is, you know, something you can leave behind as a, a sort of gift you know so i tend to just give like a little sprinkle you know put it in the the river or even a a crystal you know some stone that i collected from wherever you know and then pass it along because your your heart your thoughts your mind goes with that into the river completely completely and like and that's when we're talking about consciousness it's it's intention and intention is like, what are you feeling inside? Like, what is what there? There, that is there is a difference. And it's like as we begin begin to have a greater resolution as to what the states are inside, we we have better control. And when you are working with something on this greater reality type level, uh, you, you know that's that's consciousness. That's consciousness. Yeah. Well, Michael, I've got just a couple more minutes uh, yeah, uh, left. Just- I was just about to wrap up. I was going to say you you spent so much time with me this morning. We usually don't do morning shows, so I'd love to have you back on in the future with uh, my co-host because he's usually available in the evenings. But it's been a great chat, man. Where can our listeners find you? I know you do. Uh, are you still doing those chart readings, the star charts? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, uh, this was a lot of fun for me. Um, this was a lot of times I don't get to go down. I don't get to go down as deep into the consciousness conversation. A lot of the conversations tend to be more like synchronistic. And, and in my opinion, what that is, is it's a demonstration of a capability of being able to see to 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 see the the uh, the greater reality in the matrix. And it's a little bit of like a dog and pony show. Like it's a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Like I like to do that, but, but it's not so much that those things are so meaningful in themselves. They're the hand that's pointing to the moon. They're pointing to the fact that there's a whole lot more going on. So you afforded me a beautiful opportunity. And so I'm, I'm grateful for, for that. And I'm grateful for anyone who's listened to this entire conversation. Um, there are a couple ways. So if, if you're interested in my content, like I have content right now on uh, on YouTube. Uh, I don't know how much longer I'm I'm going to continue to go and, and share stuff on YouTube, but I'm moving off of it. And, I, and a lot of people are, you know, uh, but that's at Susquehanna Alchemy. Um, if you want more like proprietary content and where I'm going, um, uh, there's my Subscribestar account and that Subscribestar uh at Susquehanna Alchemy is, a, is the is the channel on Subscribestar. There you're going to get like uh, I'll probably put more of the videos, but a lot of those will be more personal, uh, talking more so about um, you know I like to share a lot of my own story, but then also I'm going to do in there I I do like more of like the astrology stuff and I talk about and I'm I'm probably going to start broadcasting this Susquehanna ceremony which which I do which we didn't talk about it but it's freaking awesome. Um, and then I'm going to pro. I'm going to go. I'm in the works of setting up something on Rockfin, uh, and Sam Sam put me in touch there, and that sounds like a good place as well. And so I'm going to put all of the Susquehanna mystery stuff there. And this summer I'm going to start a new uh, a new thing with my friend Jesse, and we're going to be traveling around this whole summer, like going to the different places of the Susquehanna and 
like to the Delaware River, the whole Pennsylvania area with kind of like this treasure hunting sort of like uh, like what what are we going to find? But also recognizing we're 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 in the mystic, if you will. So that's coming, but that's not up yet. But 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 for those of you who um, uh, are interested in something more personal, uh, my favorite thing is working with people um, to be able to help people with their story, to see their story, to understand their unique connection with with the simulation and to understand like, you know, working through this time period, I do one on one work and the primary the primary uh the primary session or the primary thing is, is it's like an hour long conversation, but I have you fill out uh, a pretty in-depth intake form. And then I look at your astrology and then you tell me what's going on when we talk, like what's going on at this moment. And then, you know, I just weave it all together and that's called the biomancy session. It's different than necromancy. Necromancy is all about talking to the dead and biomancy is about talking to life. And so you can order that. You can find out that on my website, which is SusquehannaAlchemy.com. Uh, I love doing that. So if, if you're thinking about that, uh, uh, definitely do it. Um, this is, this is w- what I think is probably the best thing which I, I have to give people. And so there's that. And you could also order from my website, uh, The Rights of the 40th Parallel. Um, this is a way to, to like connect with the Susquehanna River, particularly in a very, very significant location of it. Uh, there is a copy of it. You thank you for showing it. And um, that goes into more consciousness areas. I send those postcards as well, where like, uh, it makes a lot more sense. And so that all of that, the biomancy, the the rights, the 40th parallel, you can all do that at, um, at uh, SusquehannaAlchemy.com. And if you want to contact me, like, you know, I don't ever respond to anything on YouTube or anything like that. Uh, go to the SusquehannaAlchemy.com. You can send a message through that. Um, through that uh, vehicle, and I usually get back to everyone who writes me. I like to I like to talk, uh, be in touch with people. So, so that's about it. Yeah, that was my experience, man. And this conversation was fantastic. I think, you know, it. This is another dimension because I've only had twenty. This will be the twenty fourth podcast of uh, of my family thinks I'm crazy. And yeah, man, I really appreciated being able to connect with you on all this stuff because I think it, it's it's different than just me asking you a bunch of questions. You know, we're really having a kind of synchromistic connection here. So Without appreciate your time, man. Love to have you on in the future. Thanks for listening, folks, to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. And please support Michael Wan on his website, SusquehannaAlchemy.com. Mark is bananas. Crazy. Okay, this guy's losing his mind. I'm Don't listen crazy to him. for feeling so lonely. Follow us on patreon.com slash mftic. That's patreon.com slash mftic.